I'd like to discuss with you today the subject of Berachot, of blessings. What does it mean when a person gets a Berachah? People go to get Berachot. They get Berachot from their parents. They get Berachot from rabbis. They get berachot, thank you. They get berachot from great women. We find this subject of berachot is very much a part of our lives. Some people get very excited about it. Some people question it. Some people, it bothers them even. What does that mean? What does that mean, berachot? If a person does what's right, so he gets a berachah. If they don't do what's right, they don't get a berachah. Hashem runs the world. What does it mean that someone gives me a berachah? Why do I have to go to someone, a person, to get a berachah? Is, is there any value to that? So, like I said, it's definitely common practice that people get berachot. In fact, in 1980, when the Israeli army bombed the Iraqi nuclear reactor, it was a very dangerous mission, the soldiers actually stopped in Bnei Brak by the stipler, Zechad Sadiq Lebracha, the father of Chaim Kanievsky, and they asked him for beracha before they went on that mission and he blessed them and Baruch Hashem they were matzliach and they were safe so like I said definitely it's something we see but maybe it's worthwhile to spend a few minutes to understand how this Berachah thing works so before we talk about Berachot that we get from people Let's first understand what is the whole subject of Berachamin. We find in the Torah this idea of Beracha. We just learned it this week in, Parash, in Parashat Bereshit. If you look over here in number three, it says in this parasha, Vaybarech Elohim et Yom Hashevi'i. So interesting. That Hashem gave a beracha, not to a person, not to an animal, not even to an item. He gave a beracha to a day. He blessed the seventh day. We say this every Friday night in Kiddush. Hashem blessed the seventh day. What does that mean? Hashem blessed the seventh day. What exactly happened to the seventh day after the blessing? I mean, there's a seventh day before the blessing and there's a seventh day after the blessing. What changed? So we read these words and they sound so beautiful and we don't really mind them. We love to hear that Hashem blessed anything. But in reality, do we understand what that means? 
He blessed the seventh day. What happened? What took place? So if you look in the Orah Hayim, he, asked, he actually asked this question. The Orah Hayim HaKadosh asks, Tzarich Ladat, Mahi HaBerachah. What is this Beracha? It doesn't say even what he blessed it with. It just says he blessed it. So he says the simple explanation. He says, He says the right explanation in this Beracha is, and I'll say it outside instead of bringing it inside, it'll take too long. He says that we know in this world, Hashem created a world of nature. Which means although Hashem runs the world, but He runs the world behind the rules of nature. So for example, Hashem gives people health, but the person has to make hishtadut. You can't act and behave in a way that doesn't make you healthy and then say, well, where is my health? You need to do healthy things. You can't eat poison and say, well, why did I get sick? Because you didn't do your hishtadlut. You didn't do your effort. So is Hashem giving you health? Of course He is. But you got to do something about it. Hashem will send you parnasah, no question. But did you go to work? What if a person says, I don't understand. Why Hashem is not sending me parnasah? I have this family to take care of. I have my children to take care of. How come I'm not getting, I'm not making any money? Say, so, well, wait, did you go to work? No, no, I didn't go to work yet. What does that mean? If you don't go to work, so you're not making an effort. The way Hashem made the world is, there's a cause and effect. Of course, He's behind whatever you get. But you need to do something to get it. You can't wait to win the lottery if you don't play the lottery. You want to win the lottery? You got to buy a ticket. You want to make parnasah? You got to go to work. So the way the world is structured is that there's shefa. Shefa means a bounty. Hashem has shefa. Shefa is this beautiful word that basically describes all the blessings that Hashem has to give out. Any enjoyment you ever enjoyed in your life came from a shefa. Hashem gave that blessing or He gave that enjoyment. So the shefa, Hashem has plenty of shefa, but we have to make our effort down on this planet in order to get that Shefa, that's what the Ora Haim says. That we have to eat and we have to drink and we have different needs. And his words are, Vekulan, and all of our physical needs. Musagim, we can get them, we can accomplish, not accomplish, better to say, we can receive. Al Torah, hagashmit. When we put in physical toil and effort, then 
we will get the blessing. Beautiful, gorgeous. So now he says, Vehashem Hashem wanted to make the seventh day very special. Kadosh means unique, separate. Not like any other day of the week. That's why it says, Vayibarech Elohim et Yom Vaykadesh Oto. Before Hashem made the seventh day, Kadosh, He says, Kidem Uberacho. He went ahead and he blessed the seventh day. That the seventh day will not be lacking anything. He says, even though that the way you get your bounty, your shefa, is through your work, through putting in an effort in your business, in your plowing, in your planting, in whatever it is that you're doing for your parnasa, that's the way you're supposed to get your shefa. And of course, on Shabbat, you can't do any of those things. On Shabbat, you can't do any kind of work. And therefore, all the effort that you need normally to get the shefa, Shabbat is off. So what's going to happen? So for example, you know, in our world today, people don't work that much. They don't work on Sundays, they don't work on Friday, Fridays even sometimes, some people even Wednesdays don't work. So not working on Shabbat in our time doesn't seem like a very big sacrifice. Used to be that Shabbat was a very, very important day to work. A, because people needed much more, they needed the money much more. B, the environment of the business was such that Shabbat was the busiest shopping day. People had retail stores. And Shabbat was the day. So if you rented a store and you paid all kinds of rent for that store, the rent primarily was for Shabbat. That was like if you sold $1,000 every day, on Shabbat you sold $10,000. That was the business. That's when people went out shopping. So Shabbat was clearly a very, very big nisayon for people years before. But even today you have such situations. Even today there are many businesses who need Shabbat. And sometimes even if a business doesn't need Shabbat, but for example, they have a situation where Shabbat is needed. For example, they go to a trade show. They spend tens and tens of thousands of dollars sometimes more, in order to display their product, to see potential customers. They build a beautiful booth. Thousands of people are coming to see different opportunities. And they're there for three days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you paid the rent, you traveled, you put all kinds of investment, and it's important for your business. And maybe the busiest day of that trade show is Shabbat. So now what? What do you do? Well, according to the logic, according to the way Hashem set up this world, well, you have Shefa that's coming to you. 
But in order to get the Shefa, you're going to have to work to get it. So if you do a trade show, imagine going to do a trade show and you don't show up. You don't work. So you didn't do the trade show. That means you didn't make the effort, which means you lost your Shefa. Even though you could have gotten it, but you didn't put your effort. So what would happen if a person goes to a trade show and they close on Shabbat, the busiest day of the trade show? So what's supposed to happen is that you're not going to get the Shefa because you didn't make the effort. Hashem runs the world in such a way. Whatever is called normal effort, that's what you have to do. So then what happens when I miss out on Shabbat? That's what's supposed to happen. Vaybarech Elohim et Yom Says the Ora Haim HaKadosh. You know what Hashem did? He blessed Shabbat. So what does that mean, He blessed Shabbat? That even though by taking off on Shabbat, it's supposed to add up to you not getting the Shefa, you're supposed to lose the customer that you're supposed to have seen on Shabbat. The work that should have gone into Shabbat should have made you money and now you didn't put in the work. So logically, the way, the way Hashem made the world, you will not get the Shefa. Just like if you sat home and didn't make money, we tell you, I'm sorry, you didn't put in the effort. Shabbat gets a bracha. A bracha you don't find, not on Sunday. If you miss Sunday's show, you miss out on Sunday. If you miss Monday's show, you close your store on Monday, you miss that on Monday. You'll say, where's the shefa of Monday? Oh, you didn't open. Sorry. But if you missed Shabbat, you should have missed out. Comes the beracha. Vaybarech Elohim et Yom Hashem blesses the Shabbat. And what happens to it? All of a sudden, you close, and against all nature, the rules of nature, the Shefa still comes to you. That's the Beracha that Hashem blessed the Shabbat. What a, what a beautiful Beracha. Now we know what happened before. Before Shabbat was a regular day that was under the rules of nature. But after the Beracha, when Hashem put in that Beracha, all of a sudden Shabbat got an upgrade above the rules of nature. That even though you don't do Melacha when you need to, you will not lose out on the Shefa. What a beautiful thing to know. Whenever a person has a challenge on Shabbat, in life there's going to be at some point, something that challenges your Shabbat. I remember someone I'm very close with, someone in my family. Some years back, they were closing up their business a few hours before Shabbat. And someone knocked on their door. some Russian fellow. Not sure if you know about this, but when the Iron Curtain of Russia 
fell some years back, they na- the country was now open to bring in merchandise, to bring in goods. So you have to imagine you have hundreds of millions of people that never saw the things that we see all the time. The country was locked. They only allowed very minimal things and things from the country itself. And all of a sudden, no more. Now they're allowing people to bring in merchandise. You know how much this country buys from China and from Mexico and from all different parts of the world? So Russia and all of the countries that was called Russia, USSR, was all closed. No, nobody imported anything. And now they opened it. Could you imagine? It's like, it's like a person, it's like you have this huge, huge empty stadium and you're just filling it up. There's no end. People need merchandise, they'll buy, they were buying anything. People would sell them everything they own. And this fellow had a nice business. He had a lot of merchandise, a lot, millions and millions of dollars. And a lot of the merchandise was junk, he couldn't even sell it. And this Russian fellow knocks on his door Friday before Shabbat. You know, these are people you can't like call them you don't know who they are. They're from Russia. They're coming in. They're looking to find who has merchandise. They want it now. And they'll pay you cash. He knocks on his door and says, I'm from Russia. The guy gets excited. He says, I'd like to, I need merchandise. I'm willing to pay you on the spot. Whatever it is. I'm talking about millions and millions of dollars on the spot. And now the guy is dreaming. His whole warehouse of, of, of goods the stuff that he thought he was going to burn, the stuff that he thought he was going to sell for almost no, no money at all. When you're stuck with things, you can't sell them. He comes in, and he realizes this guy's a real guy. He's, he'll take everything. He just has to go and choose item by item. And all of a sudden, he looks at his watch, and he realizes that it's an hour before Shabbat. And if he leaves now, he'll make it back home. If he doesn't leave now, he's not going to be able to have a Shabbat. I'm not sure what a person would do in that situation. It's a very hard test. You're about, this is your opportunity of beracha of a lifetime. And he told this Russian fellow, he says... Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to leave. The guy thought he was, he was crazy. What do you mean, leave? He says, it's the Sabbath. I, I can't, Shabbat. I, I can't. He said, I'd love to help you right after Shabbat. If you come tomorrow night, I'd love to do any. I'll do anything, but I, I can't. I have to leave. The guy started getting very upset. He couldn't understand. What, was that? what do you mean? What do you mean you're leaving me? You know, a guy comes in, he has all kinds of money, and he's ready to give you the business, and all of a sudden you're telling him, goodbye. You're putting someone ahead of him. He can't understand it. He, he gets angry. And the guy left. What a, what, a, what a story. What a beauty. 
The good news in that story is the guy came back. And he did plenty of business, not just that day, but for a long time after. But that's an example of how, according to the nature, you lost that customer. He'll go to somebody else. I mean, there's plenty of people that sell the same thing as this fellow. So there will be tests in life. Whether it's money or sometimes it's other things. And the nature of, of it is, you're going to lose out. So that's what happened between the pre and the post. pre of Shabbat, Shabbat was a beautiful day, but it ran according to nature. post beracha, it's above nature. Now, you'll get, even though you didn't put in the effort. Says the Ora Haim Akadosh, Ve'od, something else the Beracha of Shabbat did. The first one was a beauty and beautiful, even if we ended up right here. But says the Ora Haim, there's more. Ve'od lo, Shehu Yater al Sharayamim, that he's going to be extra. From the rest of the days. Lechem Mishneh, you have double the bread. Shalosh Seudot, three meals. Vetaanugim Yeterim, and you have extra pleasures. Vezohi Birchato, and this is its Beracha. I can't tell you everything that he means. But I can tell you for sure, included in what he means, is that Shabbat was blessed in something very special. That the same Shefa, Hashem sends us Shefa, the same Shefa that you got on Monday, Tuesday, but on Shabbat, it's just more enjoyable. The kibbeh that you eat on Monday is good. It's nice. You enjoy it. Let's say on a scale of 1 to 10, 0 being no enjoyment at all, 1 being little, 10 being the best, maybe on Monday, a kibbeh is a 5. On Shabbat, the kibbeh is like a 9. Top, 10. The same kibbeh. The halal that you eat on Shabbat, the same halal you could eat on Wednesday, but somehow Shabbat, it tastes better. Which means the natural world, there is a taste, Hashem gives Sheva, and there is a certain limit. When you enjoy a piece of bread, okay, it's not uh, the most amazing thing in the world, it's nice, you enjoy bread every day. Shabbat, elevated, it's a new Level. It's a pleasure above the physical norm of bread. The pleasure of chicken and potatoes on Shabbat is different than chicken and potatoes on Wednesday. It's a different kind. It tastes different. It's above its nature. Not only food. Anybody who's listening to this, 
and never kept Shabbat would think that we lost our mind. Would say these people are clearly confused and they're crazy. What, what does that mean? The same person, the same mouth, the same taste buds, the same kibbeh, the same potatoes. What does that mean? That on Monday and Shabbat they're different? Was well, different taste? No, it's not, it's not a different taste. It just tastes better. Just more enjoyable. Anybody who ate a Shabbat meal understands exactly what I'm talking about. Shabbat is different. It just tastes different. Not only food, sleep on Shabbat tastes different. Does that make sense? What does that mean, sleep on Shabbat? If you slept on a Tuesday afternoon, took a nap for an hour, okay, it's a nap. Shabbat nap is a whole different, it's a, it's a different enjoyment. It's hard to explain because you slept in both. But this one just tasted better. Even the regular Friday night sleep. Oh, it's like Gan Eden. It's a beautiful sleep. You just, it's hard to explain it unless you experienced it. There's no words that I can tell you exactly what it is. But it is. Hashem took the pleasures of the nature in this world, and he gave it a upgrade. Learning on Shabbat, learning Torah on Shabbat, it's different learning. It's a different way, it's a different connection to it. It's warmer, it's, it's hard to explain, it's more pleasure. I give a class on Shabbat morning, an hour, hour, 15 minutes, People are there listening. There is no way that feeling of that class can happen on Monday. It just, it, it, there's no way that can happen. It's not replicated on any day of the week. Even if we had everybody there and everyone was sitting, and it doesn't go. There's a certain feeling that Shabbat so it just makes it a lot more enjoyable. Everything on Shabbat is more enjoyable. Friendships are more enjoyable. Connections to family is more enjoyable. Conversations are more enjoyable. As long as we live within the bubble of Shabbat, we're living in the bracha of Shabbat. Again, someone who never kept Shabbat would think that we're talking things that don't make any sense. But that's the point. They don't make sense. Because in the natural world, it's not like that. But that's, the, that's precisely what the Beracha is. Vaibarech. Hashem gave Shabbat a Beracha. He says, you're not going to make sense. You're not going to be like the rest. So now we have two things that Shabbat is. A, it can bypass the physical investment to get the Shefa. And B, it can, it does elevate the pleasure and the enjoyment of the same items. Something amazing. 
There is a story in the words of Hazam with Rabbeinu HaKadosh, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, the one who compiled the Mishnayot. He's a very holy man. He's a very wealthy man. And the Gemara reports that one time, it was a Gemara, I think it's a Midrash, at one time a very Hashuv Goy came to visit him. And it was Shabbat. And since it was Shabbat, he didn't have any, any hot food. He only had cold food. Let's call it a cold kibbeh. So, there's no choice. Can't heat up, can't cook. What is he supposed to do? So he gave it him. He offered him a cold kibbeh. They ate, they enjoyed. Sometime later, he came to him during the week again. This time, it's during the week. He made him fresh kibbeh. He made him from, from scratch. Maybe from scratch, maybe he cooked it, maybe he, whatever it is. He made him fresh, beautiful, hot kibbeh. He gave it to him. He ate it. He enjoyed it. But he tells Rabbeinu HaKadosh, he says, you know, Something is missing here. He says, last week, or last time I came, he gave me the same item, but it was cold, and it wasn't fresh. Today, fresh, hot. But for some reason, the one that I ate last time tasted better. He says, how do you explain that? So he told him, oh, that one? Oh, it had a special spice. So he told him, so why don't you put the spice in today's? And he says, this spice is not available today. The spice's name is called Shabbat. That kibbeh is Shabbat kibbeh. Even if it's cold, not as, as fresh, but Shabbat. So the next time you feel the pleasure of Shabbat, you understand the source. The source is Vaybarech Elohim et Yom Ashavi. Hashem took Shabbat and elevated it above the norm. Amazing. The Orachim Akados says further. He says, Wulma Shepirash Bazohar. He's quoting a Zohar. On the day of Shabbat, Amazing. So not only does Shabbat get you things without working, not only does it elevate your pleasures, but Shabbat has a certain fountain of Shefa. Every day has its Shefa. Sunday has a Shefa. Monday has a Shefa. Every day has its fountain of Shefa. And Shabbat has its Shefa. That's the norm. The norm of the world is every day has its Shefa. But Shabbat, the Shefa of Shabbat, is capable of putting Shefa, not, not just for Shabbat, but the whole week. 
which means that the investment in Shabbat actually gets you Shefa for the week. That's what we say, Shabbat is Mekor HaBracha. What's Mekor HaBracha? The source of Bracha. That means you could be getting something on Monday. Oh, and it came because of Shabbat. You're feeling a great blessing on Tuesday. Oh, that's from the Shabbat fountain. Tuesday has a fountain too. But Shabbat fountain has a tremendous effect that it's able to reach the days of the week. That's not the norm. That's why, by the way, we don't have names to our days in the Hebrew language. Monday, Sunday, Tuesday. We don't have names. Logically, we should. What day is it? It has a name. Everything has a name. Every person has a name. Every country has a name. Every city has a name. Every shul has a name. What's the name of the day? What's the name? What's today? Oh, on, in Hebrew, today is Yom Rishon. Or Yom Ehad. Oh, today is Yom Sheni. That's not a name. It's not a name. It's a number. Today is the second day. Oh, today is the third day. Today is the fourth day. Fifth day. Sixth day. First day to what? It's the first day to Shabbat. Maybe it means the first day toward Shabbat. Or it means the first day after Shabbat. Simply the first day toward Shabbat. Like in the Torah, Yom Ehad. Oh, it's the first day. Or maybe it could mean both. Which means that our entire week is connected to Shabbat. The whole week we're thinking about Shabbat. Whether the Shabbat that left, the Shabbat that's coming. The way we count the day has no value in its own, except that it's the first of Shabbat. Amazing. Maybe that's the explanation, maybe. That's the explanation why Hazal tell us that if Am Yisrael would keep Shabbat twice, consecutively, two straight Shabbat, they keep all of Am Yisrael, Mashiach comes. I'm sure you heard that before. So the simple question on that would be, why two Shabbats? What's wrong with one Shabbat? One Shabbat is also good. What's two? What's missing in the one that the two makes up? And if you need Hazakah, Hazakah is built with three, not two. Hazakah means, okay, you do something three times, it's uh, solid. It's not two, it's three. What do two do? I once heard a beautiful explanation that the right Shabbat, the right Shmirat Shabbat is supposed to affect the entire week. I mean a Sunday after a great Shabbat, a real Shabbat, a full Shabbat. Unfortunately, sometimes we don't take the advantage of a full Shabbat. On Shabbat, there's ways to dress, there's ways to talk. There's ways to eat, there's ways to do everything. It's not only what you can't do, it's also what to do. But if a person took full advantage of Shabbat, the Sunday after, different Sunday. The Shefa of Shabbat, it pours into Sunday. And Monday, and Tuesday. 
So when we say two Shabbats, what we're saying is, we need a great Shabbat, one awesome Shabbat, that's going to pour and make the whole week, next seven days, different upgrade. Your Sunday is different, your Monday is different. Even your next Shabbat is now starting on a different level from the Shabbat before. Shabbat changes the whole week. That's what Rahim HaKadosh is saying. That's not normal. That's not the way Hashem built the world. But that's Vaibarech. Vaibarech means that Shabbat, through the Bracha of Hashem, elevated the day to something beyond the nature. You see, that's the power of a Bracha, at least one that comes from Hashem. Maybe, maybe Bracha does more than this. But at least we see that much. That it's capable of taking something above the nature of the world. Before we could understand how Berachot work with each other, at least first we learned what Beracha from Hashem means. Again, maybe there's more than this, but this for sure you see is a very, very important anyan of understanding the translation and definition of a beracha from Hashem. Once we set that foundation, we're ready for the next step. Be'ezad Hashem will continue next time.